0: Hi, welcome to episode number one of the Truly a Masterpiece podcast. This is a ministry of Craig Walker Coaching. My name is Craig Walker and I am your host. If you want to learn how to win over self-doubt, that feeling that you're just not good enough, well, you are in the right place. Self-doubt, it's a universal problem. You know, those friends of yours, the ones that look like they've got it all together, like they've never, ever had to struggle with fear or self-doubt. Well, don't believe it. Don't believe it for a second because everyone either does, did, or will struggle with that not enough feeling. And I'm thrilled to be with you today. And I'm thrilled because I have great news for you. You can win over self-doubt. Yep, you can learn to live that life that so far you've only dared to imagine or to dream is possible. Well, today... I want to share with you something that I've never shared with anyone anywhere other than in my private coaching sessions. Today, I want to give it to you. In these first two episodes, I want to give you the foundation for building a great self-image. This is the one thing, literally, that changes everything. The secret to winning over self-doubt is to get back something that you've lost, something really valuable to you, And it's essential to having a great self-image. And by the way, you probably aren't even aware that you've lost this. And that's the problem. When you find this one thing, though, it's going to have a profound impact on your quality of life. This one thing can give you more joy, more peace, and more courage than anything else in the world. All right. What is this one thing? The one thing is this. It's the ability... To see the greatness of God's love for you. I, I bet that you've lost your sense of awe of God's absolute love. I know some of you are thinking, that's it. That's all you're gonna tell me. Like I couldn't figure God loves me all out all, all by myself. Now, others, you you're pushing back. You're saying, no, I haven't. I know God's love. You know, I grew up being taught about God's love. I went to Sunday school and church with my mom and dad. Others you're thinking, hey, I'm a church leader, I'm a pastor, I preach, I teach about God's love. I haven't lost it. And to that, I would just ask you, then has that knowledge of love, has it erased or has it removed your self-doubt? If not, then maybe there's more to his love than you are seeing. You see, the fact that you're no longer amazed, it's telling. It's telling you that you've lost sight of what God's love really means to you. I know. I've been there. I've lost what, you, what you've what you lost. I know what it feels like. By the way, Debbie and I have recently lost something valuable to us. For the last two years, all of our personal belongings were stored in a portable storage container uh, on our property while I built our house. We had just moved back to Texas from Colorado. When the house was finished, we began moving everything inside. The last piece of furniture that we were moving in was the dining table and the chairs. It was kind of like the crown jewel to our house. It's symbolic, it said something. It says, you're home. Debbie's parents had given us that table and chairs years ago. We've raised six kids around it and now our grandkids are growing up around it. Every scratch, every dent has a story. My cousin Danny, uh, he had helped me finish out the house the last few days. We just carried this heavy oak wooden tabletop inside. We went back to grab these two large pedestals that have the legs attached to them that form the base of the table. But I only saw one. I was a little bit concerned, but I reassured myself by thinking, okay, it's gotta be here. I know we didn't leave it in Colorado, (laughs) but I did have this frightening thought. I know that we've moved several times and it seems like every time we've moved, we've lost something of significance. Once, we lost a box full of sporting equipment. I know it wasn't that big of a deal, but mostly it was memorabilia from my years gone by in sports. Not a big deal, but still, we lost it. And I don't know how. You know, another time we lost our kids' red radio flyer wagon. Another time we lost Debbie's stoneware baking pants. Now, my wife, if you knew her, you would know how much she's tied to her kitchen. This is a big deal. And even though after we finished packing, the house that we're moving from. Before closing the doors on the moving truck and driving away, we had made a second and a third trip through the house just looking, make sure we haven't left anything. We even cleaned the house, for crying out loud. Yet somehow we still arrived at our new location without those things. How? (laughs) I really don't know. Well, I told my cousin Dan this story, and I said, but this is the pedestal on the legs to, to our family dining table. This is Debbie's treasure. One day this will be a family heirloom. Surely we didn't lose that. My cousin said, well, I know this. If you did, I'm staying out here while you go in there and tell her. Well, after moving every box, every stack of boxes that we could, or it could possibly conceal it, I came to the very painful and unwanted conclusion that we really have lost it. It was just gone. Again, I don't know how. I just know it was gone. Well, Danny and I prayed for Debbie, and I knew this was going to crush her when I went in and told her. With each step I took toward the house, my heart's racing faster and faster. Finally, I walked in. Debbie was standing with her back to the kitchen window. I looked at her, and I said slowly, Honey, I have some bad news. We've lost part of your kitchen table. Babe, I am so, so sorry. I don't know how we did it, but we must have left it in Colorado. She replied with a sense of denial. No, we didn't. We made sure everything was out of the house. It's, it's there. Go back. Look for it. It's here somewhere. <laughs> I pushed back, babe. No, we've looked everywhere. It's gone. You don't know how you did it, but when you really take an honest assessment of your heart, that sense of astonishment, that sense of surprise, that sense of amazement, that God would love you, you no longer can see it. Well, that's why John wrote to us what he did. This is the same John I'm talking about. This was Jesus' disciple, the same one that wrote the gospel. He wrote three letters, and in his first letter, listen to what he writes. He said, see how very much our Father loves us? For he calls us his children, and that's what we are. I want you to do something. I want you to draw a circle in your Bible around that word, see. This is, this is a command. John didn't suggest that we see it, but he commanded that we see it. And by the way, here's something it's worth observing. John's writing to believers. Somehow or another, that he felt it necessary to command them, see how much God loves you, as though they've lost sight of it too. And here's something else worth noting. He didn't say feel. Feel how very much the Father loves you. He didn't, did he? I think I know why. Because until you see God's love, you'll not ever really feel it. But the moment you see it, you will feel it. Now, here's a great question I have for you. What is God's love? What, What are we talking about? I think this is rich. I want to quantify it for you. I want to give you three things to hang your thinking on when you think of God's love. And this is what, this is what makes this so powerful. Here's the, here's, I'm going to give you three words. One is belonging. You belong to God. See how much our Father loves us, and he calls us his children because that's what we are. You have belonging. You're, you're God's child. He said you are his children. That's what you are. Sometimes, I, and I can remember growing up, and even as an adult, feeling like I just don't fit in. I don't belong here. God said, Don't believe it for a minute. With me, you belong. And my family, you belong. You should be here. You've got belonging with God. Here's another word. It's the word believing. As your father, like any father, he believes in you. My grandkids are in peewee football and we're going to watch uh, little Jackson play football now. And and it doesn't take but a minute to figure out who's kid belongs to what man in the in the stadium because there's something about this believing. He believes in that kid. He's going crazy about that kid that's on the field out there. You figure it out. Well, your heavenly Father believes in you. He does. He sees your potential. He knows what you're capable of doing. You know, we're taught to believe in God. I think we should be taught that God believes in us. I tell people all the time, if you If you figure out how much God believes in you, you will have no problem believing in Him. Here's another word. This is the third word. So you have belonging, you have believing, and you have foring. Okay, I made that one up. I didn't know an ING word that fit fit the cause here. God is for you. See, it doesn't matter what you've done. Get this, it doesn't even matter what you haven't done. As your Father, you belong to him he believes in you and he's for you he always always is thinking about what's best for you he loves you because he loves you he's for you can you imagine the difference that it would make in your life if no matter what you experience no matter what situation what trial you went through if your default thinking was And my Father loves me. I belong to Him. He's never going to abandon me. He believes in me. He sees my potential. He knows there's more to me than I'm giving. And He's for me. No matter what happens, you always, always, always default to that. Will it make a difference in your life? You bet it will. No wonder John would say, see how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children, and that's what we are. Now, the word to see, it it has the idea of being surprised. It means to be impressed, astounded with. It's the same word used in Mark chapter 13, verse 1. Jesus was leaving the temple that day, and one of his disciples said, teacher, look, and there's your word. Look at these magnificent buildings. Look, there's that word again, at these impressive stones in the walls. John's just saying, look again. When you see it, it's going to amaze you. You'll be impressed. You'll be astounded at what you see. To see God's love, it's like when Debbie and I lived in Colorado. (laughs) we we be driving down the road, and we lived up in the mountains, and it was not uncommon to see a herd of elk, a herd of deer, a herd of antelope. Once I saw a bear. Another time, we looked out into the field, and I saw this mountain lion sauntering across the field, and I yelled, babe, look! Like, this is incredible. This is amazing. And that's what God's love, love is like, and that's how it ought to be when you and I see it. But I want to go farther, like the infomercial says, but wait, there's more, and there is. There's another nuance to this word that I want you to get. It's it's like that country family you may have heard about that, that you know lived out in the sticks and finally moved into the big city. And Paul pulled up with a station wagon in front of the department store. He took the boys and went inside. Ma waited out in the car. And Paul walked up to the door, and, and, and these doors opened up automatically. And Paul jumped back. His eyes were wide as silver dollars. He'd never seen anything like that before. Inside the store, he saw stairways going up and down. Well, people were were going from floor to floor on these stairs, and they weren't even having to walk. And then he hears a ding over to his left, and he looked, and he saw this little old decrepit lady standing in front of those doors. And, And she stepped inside, hunched back, wrinkled as could be, And just a minute later, he looked away and the bell dinged. Paul looked over and the doors opened up and out stepped this drop-dead gorgeous young blonde beauty. (laughs) Paul just looked at the boys and said, hey boys, go get your mama. (laughs) He was astounded with what he had seen. But I got to tell you, it wasn't just with the sight, was it? No, Paul was astounded at the possibilities. You see, when you see how very much God loves you, that you belong to him, like you're his child. He believes in you. He sees your potential. He knows what you're capable of. And he's always for you, always. Working on your behalf. You awaken to the possibilities. You begin to think, well, there's nothing wrong with me. You begin to see yourself as Is full, complete, lacking nothing. When you get God's love, God's love just gets you. Now, I know some of you are thinking, if only this could be true. Others of you are thinking, yeah, I I get it, but there's no way that God still loves me. You don't know what a mess up I am, you don't know what a mess I've made in my life. You know, from where you sit, finding God's love, it just seems impossible. I want to go back to our kitchen table for just a minute. When, you know, I told you that I walked inside, Debbie's back was to the kitchen window, and I told her, honey, I'm so sorry, but your table is gone. She did respond with denial. It's got to be here somewhere. And I I responded, no, babe, it's not here. And she pushed back again and said, no, it's got to be here. She laid her cheek over mine as reality began to settle in. I felt her warm tears coursing down my face. I cried with her. Okay, that's not really what happened. Here's what really went down. And this story has a whole lot better ending. When Debbie said, no, it it can't be lost. I said, babe, it's lost. It's not here. And before I could push even harder and try to describe how hard we'd looked, I saw my cousin walking past the kitchen window, carrying the pedestal with the legs on it to our kitchen table. He walked in the house with this big grin like the cat that just ate the canary. <laughs> I was shocked. I said, where did you find it? We looked everywhere for it. And he said, no, no, we didn't look everywhere. It was inside a bookcase. Apparently, when we packed, we we just needed every inch of space, and so we had disassembled the legs from the, from the pedestal so that we made it so small that it would fit inside a bookcase. Well, I tell you that story because maybe you've done something like that. Maybe you've taken God's love apart, and, and it's, it's so small now to you that, that you can't see it. Maybe you've put it somewhere and you just don't know where it is. And But here's the good news. It's still there and you can find it. You just need to look again to see it. Don't stop looking for it until you find it. Because when you do, you're going to be happy, happy, happy. You're going to be astonished at what you see. In my next talk, I want to give you three convincing proofs that God's love really is that one thing that changes everything. You're going to be amazed. You're going to be astounded at what you see. And when you hear these three things, stay tuned for part two. See it for what it really is.